This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. JList.com is not only a great place to get figures, Japanese snacks, and all sorts of other nerdy things. They also have magazines, anime and Japanese pop culture magazines. They have the newest August 2019 editions of New Type, Animedia, Comptic, Megami Magazine, and tons more. So if you're wanting to pick up some Japanese magazines to keep up with the newest in anime and Japanese pop culture, head over to JList.com or jbox.com and pick yourself up a couple magazines. And now it's time to start the podcast. It's sitting at a commanding 8.5, uh, beating Dr. Stone, which is at an 8.23, and uh, Karakai Jozu no Takagi-san, the sequel to that, which is at an 8.22. For so. 100%, just now, that was Mandy slapping her butt cheeks. <laughs> uh, my butt cheeks? <laughs> You're correct, yeah. I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> Mandy's just dummy hyped about Vinland Saga. And welcome to podcast episode 482 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Mitsugi, and I am not wearing pants today. I wanted you all to know that. It's very important. <gasps> Me too. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah, I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> also not wearing pants. The now pantsless Mandy in Cincinnati. Hi. Mandy, what is your excuse for not wearing pants? It's hot. How hot is it? <laughs> and I'm in my own place. Screw pants. That's right. It is 90, I think. That is the that is a, a mantra to live by. I'm in my own place. Screw pants. And we also have yeah. Mason up in Connecticut. I got it right this time. And are you wearing pants, Mason? I am certainly not. I'm wearing shorts. They're comfy and easy to wear. You're going to have to get rid of those shorts by the first news break. Okay? <laughs> Noted. <laughs> and Mandy, my pantsless sister... What is the mission Hello. of the podcast? To make your anime addiction uh, pantsless. Pantsless. Yes, that's thank right. You. That's right. And if you like this podcast, guys, go tell a friend. That's what we're that's what we're aiming for right now. If uh, if every single one of you that listens tells one friend, it's not hard. Just send a text message. You know, whatever. Just tell one friend about the podcast. We can we could effectively double our addicts audience every week. We could build an army. We're like. We're multiplying. An anime army? That's right. Anime army addicts. And if you want to get even more content <laughs> from the podcast, you can get our hobby addicts, our hentai episodes, and our after parties, which number over 500 episodes now, at our website, aaapodcast.com slash join. So go over there to uh, the website and you can get all the extra content. We're going to be reviewing hentai from the July uh, 2019 month, and then we're going to be picking new ones for August after the podcast today, and we just did a Hobby Addicts in which Mandy began touching on the new Fire Emblem game, and I talked about a uh, another very long and grueling mountain climb. 
and Mason discussed his journeys through Montreal. So you can catch up on all that stuff. And a lot of teddy bears. And teddy bears. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, one small child was devastated by 100 soft pink teddy bears over at yeah. aapodcast.com slash join. We're also on Facebook, so you can follow us on Facebook. We're on Discord. We have we have three clubs running on our Discord, which you can access through our main website as well, by the way. We do. We have a health club, a manga club, and an anime club, which is wild. So uh, what's going on in the health club, Mason? Yeah, so the health club is based off the how much are the dumbbells you lift anime. And now that it's already in episode four, we are getting more and more exercises and variety to incorporate into our workouts. And actually, this most recent episode featured a lot of like body weight exercises and stuff that can be done outside of a gym without needing the fancy equipment. So it's even easier to participate now than ever before. Um, I had a stretch goal of sorts to get an embarrassing video put up last week, and we just missed the cut. Uh, but mm. I think that's doomed to happen soon. So An, an embarrassing video of what? Of myself uh, mm. d- d- doing Yuri things. How about that? I've already seen I know this. you have. But <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> it's quite embarrassing. I also want to mention. I am excited. I feel like people hear about this Discord all the time and it seems like, oh, it's hard to get into or you join and there's a lot of stuff going on. It's, I promise you, it's the easiest thing in the world. We just added a new feature to make it even easier for people to, uh, to join and be greeted and I guarantee if you have any questions about how things work, if you just shout them out into the Discord, you'll be greeted with a cavalcade of support. So please get on board and be my friend. And let me know if you're not wearing pants when you're on the Discord, because it's very important. <laughs> That's, it's part of the new <laughs> listener initiation. It's part of, yes, it is. The manga, not to wear pants? That's right. <laughs> okay. The Manga Club. Mandy, what are you guys Hi. doing in the Manga Club? Yeah, so last week we did A Silent Voice and it went very well. Um, we had a really good mix of views and I felt like I learned a lot from that discussion. But um, our next manga is Battle Angel Alita and we're reading volumes one and two and the discussion will be on August 7th. So yeah, if you um, you have plenty of time if you'd like to join us. But uh, yeah, that will be, yeah, two weeks, never mind. I, for some reason, I thought it was this Wednesday. <laughs> my my brain skipped for a second. Sorry. Real quick, the anime club that's on there, uh, Icy Rose runs the anime club. We all know Icy Rose, who's um a fine gentleman. Oh, I played his drop too soft. And our ma- and our manager. <laughs> and our manager. They are going to be yeah. talking about Razafon's first five episodes on Wednesday, the thirty first. this week of August. So you're going to want to head over there and check that out. So, now, without further ado, today on the podcast, we're going to be doing, uh, titled, Fourth Impact, ne- Neon, Genesis, Neon Genesis Evangelion Revisited, suggested by Top Ranma, revisited because we we talked about Evangelion, did a review of that some time ago on the podcast, which is um, where this quote came from. Yeah, but I already ate this shit burger. Famously from Kazuo, but we want to revisit Evangelion and uh, talk about it um, Probably not in shitburger terms, I would say. Um, as it, as it <laughs> He's pretend- not here to defend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cosmo's not, not here to defend himself. So we're, we're, we're going to be talking about Evangelion. And then we're going to be doing impressions from summer. We have five impressions for you. We have, we have how heavy are the dumbbells that you lift. 
Yubi Sakikara no Honki no Netsujo. Oh. Oh man, you did so well. Also, <laughs> I was like, good luck. <laughs> also, Nanajimi wa Shoboshi, which is the whole thing. I just said it, it, it all boils down to just fireman porn. That, that's what it is, fireman porn. And um, Vinland Saga, Kanata no Astra, and Nakano Hito Genome. So we're going to be talking about all five of these on the podcast today. And without further ado, here we go. It's time for big news of the week. Guys, I feel like not a lot happened this week. I, I, I don't know. I was looking around and there was all kinds of like, Sort of, it's sort of interesting news stories, but nothing I would call like big news, you know. Uh, but there was an otaku, a, a politician named Taro Yamada, who is a self-proclaimed politician in favor of otaku interests, was won a seat in the Japanese House of Counselors. So that's pretty interesting. He's um he's a politician and current. He's the current leader of the Party to Protect Freedom of Expression. And he's, I guess he's popular because he's because he's on social media, he's on Twitter, YouTube, he uh, he he contributes to Nico Nico Doga, and he's very very interested in, very interested in freedom of speech and interest in internet privacy. So and his um his election campaigns have been focused on the opposition to piracy sites, support for legalization of fan derivative works like like doujinshi and fan fiction improving conditions in the working industry of, of anime. So, I don't know. It seemed interesting. Like, uh, some guy who's interested in supporting the anime industry in otaku is now, a, like, a politician in the Japanese government. What do you guys think? I uh, think it's neat. No, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's most applicable not to representing, like, otaku in the in the political climate, but how he can use his political power, like you mentioned here, to defend otaku interests. I think that's where this is a more interesting point of attack. I mean, like when he says freedom of speech, what, like, what is he referring to? Um, I don't know exactly, but I know that there's been an awful lot of talk in, especially amongst manga art, manga creators, about not having to, what's the right way to put it? Limit the things that you say or or put in your manga just because it's like, I don't know. Like people want to be people want to be able to express themselves the way they want to. They want to be able to express themselves and don't want to have to I be held like... back by you know various um, social or government laws, things like that. To my knowledge, I don't know of any laws that like preve- like prevent them from being able to say certain things. I think most of that comes down to your editor editing editing choices. They're like, no, this isn't going to sell, so you need to change this thing about it. I mean, that's to my knowledge. I don't know how that's going to change anything. Well, I know that there. Were, <clears throat> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that that this is what he was talking about. But I know that there. Are okay. Been, there Maybe are been, I just don't know what it is. There have been manga creators that have complained about like not being able to include like moe characters in certain, in, in certain lights. I would say, for example, and there have been like, there's. I feel, I feel like there's even been documentaries about in about creators of manga be complaining about that sort of thing. Um, hmm. and what I think is really interesting is that is the legalization of, of doujinshi and fan fiction. And my question is, while I, while I think it's very 
respectful that this guy's trying to do something like that. The big thing, though, is that, like, one, Dojinshi is, it, it's, it, in its, at its core, it, it is illegal. I mean, you're, you're selling, you're selling a property that someone else has the rights to. So that one doesn't make much sense to me because it's like, if, if I go out and start making money off of like a clearly Dragon Ball Dojinshi, like I'm, I'm infringing upon the rights of Toei Animation and Akira Toriyama by creating that. But furthermore, no one seems to give a shit in Japan that Dojinshi's pirate is piracy because mm-hmm. they sell right. it. I was, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say Dojinshi technically is illegal, but nobody... Uh, well, I wouldn't say nobody. I'm sure some people have fought against it, but I think generally a lot of creators don't uh, go after Dojinshi because it is like free advertising, pretty much. <laughs> You're if they're so uh, passionate about your work and your characters, they're kind of just spreading the passion around it, and those people are more like more likely to spend money on your, uh, you know, all of your character goods and your. Uh, manga or anime DVDs and such. So I don't, I feel like, yeah, it technically is illegal, but it's one of those gray areas where nobody really. Like, I mean, if you go to any convention it. in the States, most of like a artist alley or like a dealer's hall right. will have fan made stuff. While not explicitly doujinshi, it's all, you know, another company's or person's IP, but there's just. It's not worth it for those companies to go after all these small creators. Right, yeah. Uh, exactly. It would definitely possibly cause a backlash against them as well. Yeah. I think it's kind of an exactly. accepted Unless part. you're Nintendo. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> or, Nintendo. or Disney. A lot of times <laughs> will go after. Then you viciously attack it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and that may be why, like, Comiquette can, can exist. Yeah, Comiquette, for people that don't know, is, like, the biggest... It's the biggest anime convention in the world. You know, it has every year there's between a half a million and a million people going. And they do it in Japan twice a year. And it's predominantly a doujinshi convention. There's tons of it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like an entire just just gargantuan dealer's room full of doujinshi. And and, I, and you might say, oh, this sounds like nothing but a big piracy convention. But the thing is, is that it's very tough, I think, for some random... Because anime studios are tiny. Like, they don't have... Mostly, they don't have a lot of money, so um, it doesn't doesn't make sense for an anime studio like Gainax or something to sue some booth seller who's making like three hundred bucks off some off some off of some doujinshi because it's just not worth even the legal fees. But I wonder if if there was like a doujinshi store in Akiba where all they sold was doujinshi and they were making millions and millions and millions of dollars off of it. I wonder if that would attract attention, and maybe that's what this guy's talking about. Well, there are doujinshi shops. In Akiba. We've seen them. Hmm. Then we go to one in uh, Ikebukuro. But don't they yeah. sell don't they sell an awful mm-hmm. lot of stuff other than Dojinshi usually? Mm, Maybe I'm I wrong. could be wrong. Maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but I thought this one exclusively sold Dojinshi. Well, I don't know how the hell they get away with it then, to be honest, but maybe it's just well, not- I think those I think the the people who own the IP just don't bother going after it because I mean, I feel like that could possibly be a bigger backlash against them than the like what they would gain going again, like cracking down on it. It could be that they don't. Is that like, oh, well, we've created this property and we're not going to, we have no plans to add more to it. 
And so some person making like a fan fiction doujinshi and making, making a couple of bucks off of it doesn't really take anything away from the profitability of, of some other. I think it spreads the passion. So those people are more likely to go, okay, I'm going to go buy the to- or the figures. I'm going to go buy the straps, like the keychains. The I'm going to go buy the manga, but go buy the anime DVDs and Blu-rays. I feel like it just spreads the passion for their work, and then they profit off of that. But I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, do you guys own any any doujinshi? Do I? I don't uh... know. You have, that, you have a lot of manga. I don't know if you have any doujinshi. <laughs> I had to think for a second. I think I have a Mystic Messenger one. That's about it. You would. <laughs> I would. I do. Classic Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy's this guy, uh, Tato, Tato, what is his name? Tato uh, Yamada, Yamada has been receiving some uh, some support online by people in the industry ken akamatsu who is the manga creator of negima amongst other things you know, supports and says you know he thinks that people that they're going to be able to keep the ruling party's initiatives to regulate anime and manga so you know I, I, it seems like it makes sense you know this guy he did receive a lot of different a lot of votes although it doesn't look like a lot of votes to like by our standards but i don't really know about I don't know if half a million votes for a House of Counselors is really a lot or not, but I'm guessing it is since they, you know, made a note of it in the article. So it's pretty cool. I don't know how much he can actually change, though. I'm just, I don't know. It feels like he's just, I don't know. I don't really know much about what's going on politically in Japan right now, but to me it seems like, oh, if I talk about otaku interests, that I'll get their vote. But I don't know how much he can actually change. I, I... Part right. of me, part of me, just says like, who cares? Like, don't we have better, yeah. bigger things to worry about in the scope of J- of Japan than legalizing doujinshi and yeah, and, and opposing <laughs> pir- opposing piracy sites, which already happens, you know. So I don't want yeah. I don't I don't want to tear the guy down, but I, I kind of feel like the 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 shrinking birth rate and you know wage gaps between genders and stuff is a much bigger issue in Japan than 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 doujinshi. Anyway, but it's just interesting. So, uh anything else, guys? I don't think so. All right. Well, we have some we have some pretty good new anime that are that are getting sequels and uh so let's talk about that. It's time for hot new anime releases. <laughs> Someone else take this. I'm I've been talking a lot. Oh, sure. So our hot new releases, our first up is Zombieland Saga is getting a sequel, which I'm very excited for because I really enjoyed the first Zombieland Saga. The children are also very excited. They are. As they should <laughs> um, be. It was such a great, fun episode that just yeah. took the idle trope and made it invigorating. Made it in something really fun, yeah. Um, so this one is titled Zombieland Saga Revenge. The 12-episode anime series jointly produced by animation studio MAPPA, Avex Pictures, and mobile game developer Games, premiered back in fall of 2018. And this uh, Zombieland saga centers on Sakura Minamoto, who dreams of becoming an idol, but unfortunately she is she meets Chuck-kun and dies, yeah. In a, yeah. <laughs> dies in a sudden traffic accident. Yeah, she gets run but, over. Oh man, that scene too is so like graphic. <laughs> And I love all of the memes surrounding it. But um, 
Ten years later, she wakes up in a saga prefecture only to find herself as a zombie with no memories of her past. And while still continuing uh, or coming to terms with her demise, she meets a man named Kotaro Tatsumi, Kotaro. a.k.a. Miyano. Kotaro. <laughs> a.k.a. just Momono Miyano, that's it. <laughs> Who explains that he has resurrected her and six other zombie girls from different eras for the purpose of economically re- uh, revitalizing Saga by means of an idol group. I mean, so I'm excited. I appreciate you read that that, that Mandy. I'm, I'm sure there's like one listening person who doesn't know what Zombieland Saga is at this point. There might be. I'm sure <laughs> somebody listening out. jumped in and was like, "Hey, I didn't watch that." So I mean, in, I'm in my mind, look, it was in the notes. I just read it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? No, the first <laughs> season of Zombieland <laughs> Saga seemed like one of those shows where everyone involved had a ton of fun making it, and if they can capture that again. There's no reason why the second season shouldn't be a blast. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't watch Zombieland Saga. Uh, I watched about a. I watched about a half of it. But it didn't. Is there a reason for it to have a sequel? You know, I'm just wondering. Uh, it doesn't need one. It's not like the first season left off with like a big cliffhanger or something like that. But you know the, the state of Saga and their, you know, goal to revive it has not been complete so there's okay more yeah. to tell but it's not like we're waiting for like a big revelation or something like that like if it gotcha. had ended without this it would have been fine gotcha yeah all right well there's another another show coming out that i, I think will generate a little bit less interest in zombie saga but i think it's worth mentioning anyway hero mask is going to be this deb- picture is cool too yeah it is a cool picture hero mask is going to be having its second season on netflix starting in august of this year so it's done by Studio Piero, and the original season came out in December of 2018 with 15 episodes. Which, I've never heard of this. <laughs> and it's one, Maybe I should watch it. I mean, it's one. It's just. It's. I don't want to say it got lost, but you know, Netflix is putting has been putting out a lot of anime shows, and and uh, this is one of the ones that I just don't feel like got a lot of hype. You know, there was a lot of talk about Ajin and Knights of Sidonia. Yeah, did you watch this, Mason? No, I did not. I I remember hearing about it. Really? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't remember anyone even talking about it. But um, it has some good people behind it in terms of staffing. Uh, for example, it has the director Aoki Hiroyasu, who was a heavily involved in in the 2011 Hunter Hunter, which I watched six episodes of last night, by the way, just for shits. And nice. it's it's really good. And directed by, and then he also directed Hero Mask season one. So the synopsis set in a fictional version of London, James Blood is a hot blooded office worker for the elite special service of crime, a division within the Capitol Police Department. Sarah Sinclair is a, is a subordinate uh, to Crown Prosecutor Monica Campbell, who witnesses her suddenly, uh, who, who witnesses her suddenly drop dead while working on a high profile case involving. A corporation. Shortly thereafter, the police station is attacked by an enemy that James thought long dead, and he ends up teaming up with Sarah to uncover the perpetrators behind these events, dragging them into a conspiracy involving the corporation. So, seems like a crime drama. And uh, although I looked it up on, um, I looked it up on my anime list, and not only does it seem like no one watched this, but it also has very poor score. So. I, don't I mean, know, like, big laugh at the main character who is in London called James Blood. <laughs> That's like just too close to James Bond. Blood, James Blood. Yeah. yeah. 
So, but it, but the sequel's coming out. For those of you that did watch the season, first season and enjoyed it, there's another season coming out on Netflix next uh, next month. So you don't have to wait very long. Okay, trivia. I guess I'll do it. You got this, Mason. <laughs> so uh, this week's answer was Blue Dragon, and the winner for the week is our boy Chibi Rob. Chibi Rob. He's, He's only... the only other person who's ever played that game. <laughs> I played it. <laughs> Me too. Not only did I play, but I had an Xbox. Not only did I play Blue Dragon, but I got the, I got the all the achievements for it. Because I don't know why. Because did I you? Oh, I didn't play that much of it. I was in college. I had nothing better to do. But um, mm. yeah, the theme is anime dragons. Um, yeah, back when the Xbox like mattered, when people actually used that device. I don't want to talk too much. Yeah, right. I don't want to talk too much shit, but like, I don't think. Doesn't seem like it's uh never mind. <laughs> I'm with you. Xbox was <laughs> so bad. Didn't even have the energy to muster through that insult. I went through like three different three sixties and they all died. Well I, I took, gave up. I was like, nope, never mind. Well, I took an Xbox three sixty apart once because mine broke and realized that the inside of it was like mostly air. Like there's nothing in there. It's like Yeah. There's not much going on inside that machine. Anyway. I don't want people. Every single person listening who likes Xbox just hates me now. So I'm, I'm sorry. Um, You're fine. Yeah, someone get us out of here. <laughs> that one person. It's okay. Before I do more damage to myself, some somebody get us out. Of here. The uh, in show <laughs> weekly trivia question, which you can answer, dear viewer, as we go into our news break, is according to my anime list, what is the highest rated series from summer 2019? Think about it, and we'll give you the answer when we return. Do you think it's Vinland Saga, Mandy? I mean, it should be. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. Rude. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. Hey everybody, this is Mitsugi and it's time for your anime news break. Leading us off this time, it looks like Junji Ito's manga Tomie is being made into a western live action adaptation. This is the story of what happens when a beautiful high school girl goes missing and pieces of her body are discovered scattered across a small town. But what starts out as a simple murder mystery turns into something even more horrific directed by Alexander Aja of The Ninth Life of Louis Drox, who is helming the series. And it's being written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, who worked on The Walking Dead. So if you're a big fan of Jun Junji Ito, it's coming to the West. So look out for that in the future. Next up, Doga Kobo is producing an anime adaptation of Koi Sudu Asteroid coming out in January 2020, directed by Daisuke Hiramaki of Watashi ni Tenshiga. My Maiorita. The story of Koi Studio Asteroid begins when Mira Kinohata met a boy named Owl at a camping town. While gazing at the stars together, Mira learns that there's a star with the same name as herself, but not one named Owl. And the two promise to one day explore asteroids together and find a star to name it after him. Some years later, the two end up at an astrology club at, the, at a high school. And they're surprised to find out that Owl is actually a girl. Next up, Square Enix has been releasing a lot of concept art for the upcoming game that's coming out in March, including shots of the Mako reactor in Section 1 station. 
So you can get pretty good looks at the Sector 1 station from the game on PlayStation 1 and compare side by side. If you look online, I personally prefer the old version, but uh, we can't have everything the way that we want, so, but it does look pretty good as a remake. Lastly, Carol on Tuesday, the anime, is getting a live concert that it will stream on August 11th. The concert is going to be performed by NyBR.XX and Selena Ann, who play Carol on Tuesday in the anime. It looks like it's going to be featured at the Harajuku Quest Hall in Tokyo on August 11th. And this The Loneliest Girl concert is going to be held that evening and live streamed on YouTube. This was Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now it's time to get back to the podcast right now. After parties, hobby addicts, hentai episodes. After parties, hobby addicts, hentai episodes. What in the world are you two doing? I'm trying to sleep here. It's midnight. We're using Mandy's arcane power to do a content prayer dance. Yeah, we're hoping the content gods bless us with thrilling entertainment for the fans. Content prayer dance. You know, there's a much easier way to make better content. How about starting with studying our vast archive of additional content on aapodcast.com Oh, I already have. I mean, it's only seven bucks a month for almost eight additional episodes every month. That's less than a dollar per extra episode and super easy to get to. Just gotta type aapodcast.com slash join to become a member. You went through the whole archive? It's hundreds of hours. Well, senpai, anything's possible. If you believe. I think I'll just leave you two alone. Hey, is he gone yet? Yeah, ready. Welcome back to the 482nd episode of the Anime Anonymous podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back from that dance party. The answer to the question we asked before the break was, according to Mal, what is the highest rated series from summer 2019? Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga. <sighs> yeah, it's Vinland Saga. Oh! It's sitting at a commanding... 8.5, uh, beating Dr. Stone, which is at an 8.23, and uh, Karakai Jozu no Takagi-san, the sequel to that, which is at an 8.22. 
For one hundred percent, just now that was Mandy slapping her butt cheeks. <laughs> oh my butt cheeks! <laughs> You're correct. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> Mandy's just dummy hyped about Vinland Saga. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, just... O Maidens is uh, number eight, which uh, just proves that Get my anime list is made of anime. children who know nothing. Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, I, can we vote to kick Mason off the podcast? Yes, I vote yes. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> I, I vote done. yes, yes. We can kick you off, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Is number eight really that bad, though? I mean, there's like 30 shows, so... It I is mean, when it's behind some of the shows it is. But uh, uh, no, Villain Saga is very, uh, very deserving of that spot, so... Hell yes. Thor- and I'm going to be doing an impression on it. Thor's is a badass. But yeah, he is. the man, he can't negotiate. I just want you to know. He's not good at it. So. He's got his fists. That's what he negotiates with. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Mandy, you have a very interesting looking manga here for us today. It is. Very interesting. All these different animal people in this image. Yeah. Way and, to spoil it. I'm oh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is actually uh, Arthur, the manga. Arthur yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, are you ready to do With your manga Aardvark minute? Adventures. Yes, I'm ready. And now, let's take a minute for the Manga Minute with Mandy. This is Mandy's Manga Minute, where I take a minute to tell you about a manga and help you find something new to read. And normally with shows, I try to find manga that pair with the theme of like the review or the topic. But I love impression seasons because then I get to just do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> but uh, this one is B-Stars. At a oh. high school where the students are literally divided into predators and prey, it's personal relationships that maintain the fragile peace. Who among them is a B-Star? An academic and social role model destined to become a leader in the society naturally rife with mistrust. Last night at Cherryton Academy, an herbivore student was killed and eaten. Among the members of the drama club, the herbivore's suspicions naturally turned to their carnivore classmates. The prime suspect? Legoshi, a large wolf. But he wouldn't hurt a fly. Or would he? And will dwarf rabbit Haru bring out the beast in him? Or are his feelings for her something else? Uh, B-Stars is a slice-of-life drama written and illustrated by, uh, illustrated by Paru Itagaki. It started publishing back in 2016, and it is still ongoing. This is a currently only a one-volume available in English, but the Japanese print is up to volume 14. It just came out, like, a few weeks ago, so we'll for sure be getting more. Uh, the manga won the 11th Annual Taisho Award in 2018, the New Creator Prize in the Osamu Tezuka Cultural Prizes, and Best Shonen Manga in the 42nd, 42nd Annual Kodansha Award. Damn. So there's a lot of awards behind this. <laughs> but all the students in Beastars have to deal with complications that typical high school kids go through, with the added anxiety of carnivores and herbivores living together. And everyone in this universe are anthropomorphic animals. And the first volume begins with Tem, a little alpaca boy, having been eaten alive. <laughs> but uh, we get we then focus on Legoshi, our wolf protagonist, as he tries to navigate school life and find out who is responsible for Tem's death. And Legoshi is also struggling with his attraction to an herbivore character and his own primal instincts. Uh, the manga, manga is set up in an almost like Zootopia kind of world. 
but the story is actually very serious and get quite dark at times. And I think the only issue that I personally have with it is the art. It's drawn in like an almost sketchy style, and some panels can be a little hard to decipher. But overall, I found it to be a very unique story, and I plan on continuing it. Um, it also has an anime adaptation coming out next season, so look forward to that. This so, sounds super cool. I yeah. just, like, is there, like, social commentary about, like, carniv carnivores and herbivores, like, living together, or, I mean, it seems like there could be... I don't know. What do you like mean? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's, it sounds like it's part of that whole dynamic of predator and prey coexisting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd say so. But it's very interesting. Um, I see the giant elephant man in the photo that uh, Mason called Arthur. Is no, it? Arthur's an aardvark, isn't he? Yeah, oh, isn't he's he? an aardvark. Oh. I was just saying. Yeah. Oh, not, not specifically the elephant, but. Just the world. Yeah, okay. They're all animal people. And there is like a little fennec fox boy, and he's so cute. I want to snuggle him. <sighs> all right, well, fennec foxes aside. We have, uh, and, th and thank you very much for that, Mandy, B-Stars. You're welcome. Uh, I wonder why they're so slow getting it translated. Hmm. Time to get on it, I guess. So we talked about Evangelion like 100 years ago and haven't talked about it much since then because, I don't know, Evangelion is just like one of, those, one of those properties that just seems like it has, the fan base is so intense that it's tough to talk about it because you're just going to get flamed like no matter what you do half the time. That's kind of how I feel at least. But um I mean, I've been stewing as a fan of this podcast for years. I've been stewing on that quote of Cosmos every time it was <laughs> brought up just with rage, just seething with anger over how <laughs> and he can't defend himself. <laughs> like, this quote. <laughs> yeah, but I already ate this shit burger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it really uh, razzles my berries knowing that this is how a lot of listeners are getting presented this uh, fantastic franchise. Yeah. Hmm. So well, I'm I'm ready to ready to chat about it. Okay. Well, as we all know, um, the reason why we're talking about this at all is because is because Netflix put welcomed Evangelion to their catalog. I'll say. So. How did you guys get to like knowing about Evangelion? Do you guys have memories of? Because I mean, the show is old. You know, it came out like what in nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety five, I think, and it finished either ninety six, six, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so like I was ten when this came out, but I don't think it hit the states when I was ten, and so you know, I don't think I watched Evangelion until I was like probably fourteen or fifteen years old. And I remember really loving the original series a lot and was very into it. And um, however, the ending doesn't make any sense, especially to like a 15 year old. So like, you know, I just don't, I think I was kind of uh, unsure of what I was watching, I would say. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way, to be honest. But um, how do you guys, how did you guys first get introduced to this? Like, you know, one of the most famed shows in anime, I would say. I mean, I would. Uh, this is. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say. Go I would say this is easily one of the most prominent images of anime in pop culture. Like, yeah. Usually, when people say like, "Oh, here's a montage of anime over the years," like this is always one of the ones in it. Like, so I didn't watch this until after I got through college. So I was 
much more in the mental headspace of, I think, the audience of what the show is going for. Um, and I can, I wasn't spoiled to anything, but I was already aware of like, this is one of the most important seminal works of anime of all time and kind of went into it like with that appreciation for it. Uh, I appreciate that. I, I like that you, you know, use the word like, you know, seminal work or whatever. But my question is, why is it a seminal work? I'm just thinking about that off the top of my head. Side tangent. Because, like, you could say, oh, Akira, seminal work. But Akira, you know, was one of the first films of anime to make it into the theaters in the U.S. It was one of the first anime to come to the U.S. at all, in general. But Evangelion, like, what... It's certainly not the first show to have monsters with robots fighting monsters in it. So I think... I think for Ava, it was a deconstruction of the... um, (laughs) I was going to try to go as long as possible without using that word. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. But I feel like so many people say, genre that was so popular. oh, it's just a deconstruction of this. And I feel like that that's a very similar word to like epic. Like, oh, this is an epic show where it kind of oh, gets. Sorry. No, I mean, no, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> My heart wasn't that. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up the fact that when people talk about deconstructions, this one is actually one of them. And it is so unbelievably deep for everything that it has to offer. Yeah. And also, I think just from my impressions of it, I think because so many series have like this uh, otaku escapism, like, uh, like, I don't know, so many shows were like, oh, this is a fantasy world that people can escape to. But Ava went the complete opposite direction was like, no, you don't want to fucking live in this world. (laughs) I think that's why I appreciated it so much. Because the world sucks and daddy's daddy's mean. But uh, for me, um, I watched it back, I think, in college with friends. And this was one of the ones that we watched while playing Magic the Gathering. (laughs) (laughs) Magic the Gathering, what? We used to just sit around and play Magic the Gathering and turn on anime. There was tons that I watched during this time. And uh, so I honestly, I remembered like the basic plot, but there was so much that I forgot because it's been ages. That was like back in like... 2004, I think, but uh, I watched it again two weeks ago to refresh myself. There are things I remembered, and there are things that I did not remember at all. So, yeah, I, I had to refresh myself on it. That was For my sure. history with it. Yeah, and there's 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 a deceptive lot of there's a lot to Evangelion because not only is there not only is there the original series, but there's been a ton of other entries into it since then. They had they had the death and the rebirth, the end of Evangelion. They have what three or four movies. And, you know, a couple other things, too. So, like, there's a lot. I am not an aficionado on Evangelion at all, by any means. I've watched Evangelion, and I know a lot of the pop culture stuff from living in Japan. However, I haven't seen, like, all of the entries into it. But there's a lot to the series. And there's a lot of, like, uh, theorizing and fan theories and just discourse that happens around the property. So, there's definitely a lot to know about it. Yeah, certainly. I just w- I want to bring up right now my point is I've seen the obviously the original series and I've seen a couple of the the movies, the rebuilds, but yeah. I have not yet seen the 3.0 because I and we'll get to this way later, but I actually really enjoyed the ending of the original TV show and knowing that the the movie series has not yet been completed, I didn't want to pursue those further until those were finished 
So I've only seen about half of the movies. Yeah, let me just say that they don't—they don't—they're not making a damn bit of effort when they give these movies their titles. Have you guys seen the titles for these films? The fourth one is called Evangelion 3.0. The end. No, not even <laughs> Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. I mean, that's like, a whole heck of a lot better than like the Kingdom Hearts numbering systems, <laughs> like I mean, three I five eight so. over two or zero point two <laughs> final chapter prologue yeah. remix deluxe. <laughs> so <laughs> I get you though. I get you. Um, are we going to talk spoilers in this discussion? Because I don't want to, if anybody somehow hasn't watched Evangelion at all in the last 23, sorry, 24 years. I would say so. Um, Because we can't expect people who are new to anime to not have seen this already. Okay. Yeah. So if you're, if you're an anime fan that's come in in the last, you know, five years or so, and you haven't seen Evangelion, you absolutely should watch it. Just if for no other reason, than it's just a piece of like anime history that you should know about. Yeah, I so, think so. We're yeah. gonna try to like keep the spoilers to a limit uh, to a limit, I think, in this discussion. So Yeah, so let me just uh re- oh, the how are we gonna talk about the ending? <laughs> I just wanna read off my uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just wanna read off my I wrote all these like topics. I just wanna read the uh ending part of my conclusion of free spoilers. Essentially when people say like Neon Gen <laughs> I can't even talk right now. I'm so toad just totes just fired up but uh if they're like oh should i really watch it is it really essential and uh absolutely like it's if you want to see a thoughtful analysis into like humanity struggles watch it if you want to see some of the most powerful scenes that you'll remember for years later iconic moments that are perfectly matched to sound and scale watch it if you want a show to sink your teeth into and have a rich landscape of deep lore and analysis to consume Watch it. If you want some of the most well-crafted characters and see how they move through life. Oh, for sure. That toes the line between realism and fiction so that the messed up and grotesque actions feel unnervingly familiar and relatable to yourself. Watch it. If you want a show that resonates you beyond the first viewing, watch it. If you want an experience with one of the most culturally significant works within the media and one of the most seminal deconstructions of postmodern works or gain anime street cred by a legendary director... Watch it. If you just want a digestible escapist fantasy where <laughs> the big robots punch each other really hard, the show is not for you. And uh, please come back later. Man, Mason, I have this feeling Mason loves Evangelion. You get that I love it. It's, I support this. It's just so rich in its content. And also, last, I think it was last podcast, we talked about like cardinal rules of anime, like what kind of stuff do you employ? Uh, mm. One of the cardinal rules in life is you cannot skip the opening a cruel angels thesis you just don't do it it's mandatory to watch before (laughs) every single episode every time it's so good yeah and when i and when i'm listening to cruel Cruel angels thesis like in the car i have to do all the hand gestures and shit that the robots do like when it like when it like slams the (laughs) knife closed or whatever and it does like the hand like the hand motion thing i have to do it into the song because i know exactly where it happens in the song to the music video for the opening of course of course of course my Um, hands are like mini fireworks they keep on exploding with all the little pops and snaps and cracks of the song it's just so explosive anyway well evangelion was one and 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 we're going to take off and here on on some other like more organized topics in a minute but one of the things that evangelion did for me was that it drew a, a pretty clear line in the sand for me between real and super robot 
And to me, a lot of the times when I'm thinking about super robot shows and how I don't generally enjoy them nearly as much as real robot is that Evangelion gave the robots are very f- fantastical in Ava and they're very, they're very cool, but there's all, they're also very limited in their, in what they can do. And I feel like having that makes the show feel very desperate at times through the action scenes and, you know, things like having the, they have a certain amount of battery power, you know, they'll have like a timer that's counting down or the robots are always getting messed up and destroyed. And they're, the humans are always trying to work together to overcome just insurmountable odds. And there's just always something very desperate and impossible happening that you just like, like, oh, this is it. This is the end of humanity. And it's because the robots aren't so super, aren't so overpowered that I feel like they're able to paint that picture to some extent. If the if the Avas were just able to just defeat all the angels easily because they were just super powerful, then the show wouldn't to me the show wouldn't have that tone to it. But there's a very like dark desperate feel a lot of the time. And I feel like a lot of that is because the Avas just they're limited. Like they can't do everything, you know, and a lot of times they they break and they suck. So um I really enjoy that about the show. It gives I me that feeling. Definitely agree with you there. I'm definitely a fan of Real Robot over Super Robot, and everything in the show, despite being pretty fantastical, seems to be built by science, which is a big part of it. And it definitely contrasts to the angels, essentially this godlike entities that invade Earth, and you very much get this juxtaposition of science fighting the omnipotent religious. Sure. And that helps root everything in reality, despite how over-the-top everything is. You're getting edgy here, Mason. Now it's science versus religion. Oh, my God. It's it's <laughs> part of the cluster. Part of and, the cluster. And, 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 they don't, and, and they waste no time with that in the show. Like, right off the bat, I can't remember if it's the first or the second episode, but Shinji, they just stuff him into an Ava. He doesn't know what he's doing. And they're like, oh... Your sync ratio is like decent or whatever. It'll work. It's going to work. And they're like, they put him in there and immediately it doesn't work. (laughs) And it just doesn't work immediately. And poor Shinji, no wonder he's like messed up in the head. But like, you know, the the sync ratio crashes, all the connections are coming unplugged. And the Ava is just like this big hunk of metal just sitting there in the middle of this battlefield, useless. And you're like, oh, humanity is totally screwed because... Like this, this Ava is going to get this destroyed. This is the best this, we've got. This is the best we've got. Like this thing doesn't even work. And then, and then some epic, crazy shit happens in the in the first couple episodes. And I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't want to spoil it, but like epicness happens, and it's like humanity ends up surviving. And it's just like they paint that picture of like your expectations for the Avas. I feel like are pretty low right from the right from the beginning. And I love that about it. I love it. I think for me, what I love, what I enjoyed Ava so much are the characters, because it is a very psychological exploration of like humans and our tendency to hurt others and how your events in your past can really shape who you become and the traumas that you go through. But um, yeah, because the first half of the series felt did have kind of a uh, monster of the week kind of feel to them but mm-hmm. then definitely halfway through onwards it becomes far more about the characters and the psychological issues than it is about the actual angels and i think for me that's how the ending works for me i think i personally thought the original ending worked very well but um agreed it's a hard agree so like ano the director he like talks about how this shoe the show what it 
came from wasn't like these tactical meetings to put in a lot of symbolism or hidden meanings or how to sell figures for profit. Like this show was birthed out of his personal struggles with depression and the Mm self-assessment of his like state of mind in life. And like when you approach the series, you really have to remember that what you should be watching. I mean, obviously this isn't apparent in the first viewing when you don't know this, but your focus should be on the characters themselves and the message there. And a lot of people get caught up in, like you mentioned, the the battle with the angels and the whole different impacts and how it literally impacts the world. But that's just fluff and yeah. extra mm-hmm. stuff to help convey the message at the end as clearly as possible. I love how all of the characters make sense, oh, like yeah. who they are, because... They're so realistic. Because I remember when Asuka is first introduced, I, I fucking hated her. <laughs> She's Aww. such a pain in the ass. <laughs> but then when you go into her past, it's like, yeah, she is the way she is and for a reason. And it makes sense. Um, Like, her past is so traumatic. It's awful. And, I mean, not even just her, but Shinji and Rei, they all make sense. I don't know. I love the characters yeah. of Ava. Far so, more than the robot like battles. <laughs> Evangelion is one of those shows that if you go to Japan, and I hope everybody does go to Japan at some point that's listening, you will run into Evangelion everywhere. You will run into it in, in like 7-Elevens with candies and s- snacks or whatever. You'll run into it in pachinko parlors because they have pachinko machines. You'll run into it in arcades because they have arcade games. You'll see it on billboards. It, you know, it's everywhere. And it, and. The fact that it's so old, like, it's amazing Evangelion is so old. It makes me feel old. It's how old it is. But it's still a big thing. Like, Evangelion per- is, persists. It's, it's, like, it's a lot like Dragon Ball. Like, Dragon Ball, it just, it just continues on, you know? And, uh, and, even, and, it, and it continues on in that way, even though there hasn't been, like, a whole new Evangelion series ever. There's never been another series. It's always OVAs and movies. So like you know, Ava, Dragon Ball got a big boost because Dragon Ball Super came out, but like Ava didn't even didn't even have that, and, and it still persists. Just to give you an idea of how popular it is, so it's a big deal. It's a big deal that Netflix picked it up. So it is for sure. We were talking before the show a little bit about this, and we can get more into the Netflix part right after this. But I think the big thing is, for so long, it has been illegal to watch. Yeah. through any means no no site had it you could only really watch it if you knew someone unless who, you're rich yeah <laughs> bought a dvd from a thousand years ago for a thousand dollars so it was it was not easy to come by and whatever our opinions on the release through netflix is it's it's an option now for the the masses to watch and i think that's the most important thing but you guys said you watched some of the yeah the re-release Mm-hmm. I watched all of it. Damn. And you watched it dubbed? Yes, I did. Yeah, me too. Lay it on us. What'd you think? Mandy? Um, so, I'm, I'll be honest. When I watched it the first time, I don't remember any of those voice actors. But I totally understand how um, when you associate voices with certain characters, it can be very weird to hear anybody else voicing them. I'm the same way with like Samurai Champloo. I can't listen to it Japanese because I associate the English voice actors with those characters. And when I hear um, like 
I think the original card captors too. When they made the redub of that, I was like, oh, this is totally wrong. I totally understand that. But because I couldn't remember the old dub actors, I thought, I really thought these actors did a really good job. But I, I, um, I also understand like the uh, complications behind it. I, it has to, I've seen some of the comments from the original voice actors and it has to be so frustrating because they were not offered the ability to re-audition for their old positions. And I really think that has to hurt a lot because I know a lot of actors come very attached to their characters and having someone replace you without even being given the opportunity to come back has got to be painful. So I understand all of the issues surrounding it, but outside of that i i honestly thought the voice actors did a really good job um it has been a while since i've seen ava and i am not in the camp of oh i am so attached it's not like and with gto for example with great teacher Inazuka, or with golden boy watching those anime i always watch them in english because i know every line of every episode of every, of those anime especially golden boy i just watched golden boy again the other day the whole thing and it's just hilarious but nice. um, yeah, I love it so much. But Ava, it's not like that for me because it really has been a long time since I've sat down and watched lots of Ava. You know, I've watched ep- I've watched episodes here and there, scenes here and there. But but for me, it wasn't like I watched it in English and was totally thrown off by the different voice. But that being said, I agree, and I thought that the that the actors in they I think they did such a good job that I think unless you're a person who was like, oh, I have to have this this certain voice for this certain character. Not only will you not care, but you're going to be quite pleased with the performance because they did a good job. They just did. Like, I, I actually don't know who the people are that did the voices. I didn't, I haven't, like, I don't have a list of them in front of me, but, like, the actors at Netflix, the actors and actresses that were chosen by Netflix did a very nice job in the dub. And I think most people, I thought so too. Some people think, oh, I can't listen to the dub because it's always bad or whatever. But this is not that case. Like, they did a good job. This is a show you can watch dubbed on Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be fine with it because it, it sounds very natural and they do a very nice job, but I do agree that, um, you know, that the the, the original roles, you know, and we've talked to, I, um, I went to an anime convention as a guest a few years ago and every single voice actor from the original crew of Ava was there and I, and I interviewed all of them. So I know what their sorts of like passions are for these characters. And I can imagine that they're probably very let down by the fact that they weren't able to reprise their roles. Um, and people were pissed yeah. off too. So like there were there were some petitions that went up back before this came out. And the petition was to more or less um, get the people to be able to do their roles again. And this was on change.org. And unfortunately, the petition didn't get a lot of signatures. And I mean, I don't think 5,500 signatures is very many. So I think that, especially not for a title like Evangelion. So I think that this petition probably worked I, I don't think netflix ever would have yielded personally they're too powerful and they don't give a shit and they were probably already done doing the voices by this by this point but like, yeah they're not going to redo the whole thing yeah but getting 5,500 signatures just vindicates netflix because i mean if it was a million signatures maybe but like 5,500 signatures is literally nothing netflix has 152 million subscribers so i don't think that they don't in their world, they don't even think in terms of people. They think in terms of millions of people. And when you come to them and say, "Oh, we have a we have a petition that had five thousand signatures," where they're like, "Okay, so like that's nothing." So, um, I think I'd be careful in the future. And I'm speaking to just the, the the universe. When you make a petition, 
there you can it isn't like you have nothing to lose here if you make a petition and it doesn't get any signatures all that does is vindicate the people that are that you're that you're petitioning against to not do what you want and to justify what they're doing because it just shows that people don't really care that's my opinion if you do a signature, if you do a petition and you can't get anybody to sign it then clearly there's no issue so at least that's how i see it mm-hmm. um there were some weird script changes that I thought, like, <laughs> I know the, uh, I don't know, I feel like the new Netflix release didn't do well with um, with localization, because I thought it was very strange that they called them children constantly instead of child. Like, I, I think the original uh, dub changed it from children to child. So instead of calling Shinji, or, you know, I think it was, I'm sorry, was it uh, Shinji, like, first children? It was first child. Yeah. It was really weird to me. Uh, I'm not really sure I understand what you mean. Like, Ray was, like, the first child. Oh, sorry. Ray, not Shinji. Sorry. Like, yeah. Shinji was the second child. Like, they were, like, the their number of when they joined the, the nerve group, they were that number child because they were a singular object. They weren't the first children when you're talking about one person. It just kind of comes off odd it's like yeah that doesn't seem like grammatically correct if that's what you mean Um. yeah it was just a really odd choice (laughs) like they didn't uh it felt felt like a very literal translation instead of we need to translate this into english the um the netflix adaptation it has definitely definitely caught some i feel like most of the criticism about the adaptation is due to the localization of it, the translations of things, etc. There were some, there was definitely some people who got their their feathers ruffled by um, what is his name, Kowodu, Kow, uh, His name is really odd. It's um, Kauru. Okay. But yeah, Kowodu with um, the translation of, of like and love, in mm-hmm. in in the uh, in the subtitles in the translation. So there were, um, I guess Shinji and. Kaudu is his name really Kaudu? I didn't think that was I didn't think I that was so. quite right. I thought it was Kowodu. I think so. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check into that. But you know, there's um, th- they have a like a like Kaudu. I guess his name is love. He declares his love to Shinji in the um, in the in the original. I guess in the subtitles, and it's been pre- it's been pretty known in the in the Evangelion community for quite a while that like they have a like a romantic sort of loving relationship. The two of them, I think. And mm-hmm. like Netflix changed a lot of the dialogue, uh, yeah. That, that sort of downplays that. But like honestly, I just want to like, I, I don't really, I want to give Netflix some some benefit of the doubt that maybe that's not necessarily intentional. I, I think that like you can say, I can say like you know, Kimi or whatever, and you know, you can translate that as I love you or I like you. So. I'm not. I'm not excusing Netflix. Like I don't know what they're. I don't know what like. Well, what went down when they were translating? But um, I understand why people are upset. But I don't know that Netflix intentionally undermined that sort of relationship. But I don't know how you guys feel about it exactly. So, I mean, usually a substitution between love and like in most cases, I would say, is a an, a wash. It really doesn't make a difference. I mean. As a fan of the series, obviously, I feel like that scene and what Kaoru represents means so much to Shinji and his, like, final little character growth at the end. 
especially as someone who has been neglected from all love pretty much his whole life. Like that, that interaction, even though it's brief, really is like a lifeline that helps bring him back and informs his decisions at the very end of the show. And I, I, I would think it makes a rather large difference, but that's also coming from someone who has seen it before. And if someone was going in without that notion, I, I can't think that it would make the biggest difference in the world to a new viewer. So it's not like I'm like, oh, you're going to watch the new Eva on Netflix? Nah, don't even bother. It's a way, It's nothing that severe. Yeah, I mean, mm. that's... I just, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I understand the issues. I just, I, I want to give Netflix the benefit of the doubt that they don't have some kind of an agenda and like they, they did not intentionally modify the, uh, the translation. What I think more, more likely what happened was Netflix, the people that were translating maybe don't know enough about Evangelion to understand the story and just translated it literally. Um, and I, yeah, I've wondered that as well. So, but I mean, you know, people are, people are angry and, Netflix easily could go in and change the subtitles and just repost the repost the content. I'm sure they could do that, but you know, I don't know. I don't know that they, I don't know what their policies are or whatever. But I um, I agree with your conception though that it wasn't a Netflix led initiative to remove love and replace with like. I agree that that was that would not have been done with like a company policy or something in mind. Sure. Um, I do think that it's, I mean, so not, not everybody's happy that, that, that this one on Netflix, we talked about Gen Fukunaga from Funimation, who was really pissed off about, um, like a roughly eight months ago, I think where he was, he was angry because he said Netflix just threw so much money at the bid for Evangelion that no other company could compete with, with the, uh, you know, with the RFP or whatever. And yeah. And he's probably not wrong about that, but like, so not everybody's not everybody's super happy. Gen Fukunaga. It seems like the Funimation people are the ones that are the, that are the least happy about it all, um, including the voice the voice talent. But I, I think this is sort of a big win for Ava, and I think it's a big win for anime because, you know, we're always talking about oh, how can we get, how can we make anime more popular? How can we how can we expand the fan base? Well, it's like. Evangelion, as you as you noted, Mason, is that it wasn't even legally able to be watched before this. And now, 152 million people have access to Evangelion. If even 1% of them watches Evangelion, that's a, that's, a, that's a million and a half people. Like, that's a lot of people, you know? And, and uh, I mean, you know, that's just 1% of the audience. Like, you're, you're reaching, you have, you, you have put this, you have given people the power, like, half of, I don't even know, I don't, is Netflix available in all countries or just, like, some countries? I'm not really sure exactly, but there's so many people now that have the power to go watch Evangelion that I think it's a big win for anime, honestly. And so. especially if the dub is as good as you guys are saying that it was done, it'll help. You know, it means that that foot that's being put forward is a, a good one. It's not like it's yeah. some cheap dub that will make make the anime fandom look bad. Yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> I was pretty pleased with it. Um, I... Evangelion is one of those shows that I'll watch an episode of it, and somehow I always end up watching two or three more. It's it has like it's 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 in the same bucket as Berserk, the original for me. I'll, I'll put hmm, Berserk on. And I'm, 
and 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 I don't mean I don't and I don't mean that in themes or genre or anything. I just mean I mean it specifically because I will put on a Berserk episode to like find an audio clip or something. I'm not even trying to watch Berserk. You just, just want like, to watch a scene and it just sucks you in. Oh yeah, I want to watch a scene or or I want to get a tiny clip of video or something or I want to get a sound bite. And I end up watching like four episodes of it because it's so damn good. And Evangelion is in that sort of category where it's like I'm watching, it's like the other night, I put on one episode. I intended to watch one episode of it on Netflix. And I ended up watching like four of them, just straight. And it just has that it factor for me where I really enjoy watching the show. It's just, um, is it a, for, to me, is it a masterpiece? No, not really. And I'm not one of those people that defends the ending because I don't understand what the hell's going on. It's not, it's, not <laughs> what I, it's not what I wanted. I get that it's a look into like their psyches and whatever, but um, I it's not really what I wanted from the ending. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not in that camp, but I do think it's really good. And I love the show for a lot of different reasons. I was curious. I looked it up and Netflix is available to over 190 countries. It seems like okay. the only place it's not available is like China and a couple others. China. And I'm sure there's like curious. some localized <laughs> versions of it where some shows are in some countries and not others, but. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing this would be in most of them. Yeah, I think, honestly, I'm just happy that people have a an opportunity to watch this legally at all. Like, even despite the translation issues and the ending theme song being, the original ending theme song being removed, I just, I'm happy it's somewhere and we can actually watch it. Because I did really enjoy Ava and uh, I think it's a very interesting character study and uh, it's also very stylish. We didn't really talk about anything else out in, outside of that, but there's some really cool designs and vibrant colors in there and scenes where like very tiny little details of like small mechanics moving like when the Ava units are deployed. There's so, I don't know, it's a really Yeah, when the battery watch. packs are like being inserted yeah. in. I mean, yeah, just, they paid a lot of attention to all those tiny little oh, details. I mean, when Mitsugi was talking about like just watching a scene or a moment, like I was thinking back, like some of the most iconic moments in anime, like I can close my eyes and like picture in my mind's eye. And there's so many in Eva from the like the synced up uh, double kick that Shinji and Asuka use after they like spend all of episode nine, like learning to work together. The whole elevator scene between Ray and Asuka in episode 22 the whole f- sequence between Lilith and the fifth child where the Ava backflips <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously the most it's iconic so one in my mind without spoilers is the uh, the screaming scene when uh, the Eva goes berserk in episode mm-hmm. 19 oh, and yeah. the jaw just unhinges. Yep. Like those are just I, I don't know. I haven't seen the show in five, ten years and I those are still so crystal in my mind. Like it's- there is a a scene where Shinji gets trapped inside of his uh, cockpit, and I completely like I'm I'm claustrophobic. I completely forgot how much that scene triggered me. I was watching it and I just had like this crawling feeling, like like oh I can't stand watching this because it's like uh, running out of air and uh, like or I guess life support, but. Yeah, Oof, that was, when you're in like the LCL fluid. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, there's the so scene where Shinji's in good. the Eva and he's he's cursing at it because it won't work. He's like, "God damn you, piece of shit! Just move!" You know, and he's screaming and pounding <laughs> on yeah. it. And yeah. Yeah. And then 
I'm one of the scenes. I I, the, I, I was gonna say the Evangelion going berserk, the Ava going berserk, because it's such a cool, a cool iconic scene. But there's also a scene I always remember in the show is Kaji, the one of the I don't even know what his role is, government worker or whatever. Yeah. Kaji, he's he's like the whole place is going to shit and like everything's falling apart, and he's just sitting there like watering his watermelons or whatever. <laughs> he just like doesn't. He's just like not phased by the fact that everything's coming down around them at all so it's um there's a lot of cool things i and if you go to japan at, at fuji q highland which is a really great theme park right by mount fuji highly recommended they have some great roller coasters there's a very impressive exhibit for evangelion there that even has a room where you can read where that has like a life-size evangelion's head and shoulders in it and you can sit stand there in front of it and like watch the scene in ava where like oh that's cool watch some of the scenes from the move from the tv show like you know with animatronics and stuff it's pretty neat and sound effects I just and love smoke how... and sorry no i didn't mean to cut you off no, you're good <laughs> i thought you were done i'm sorry <laughs> I also just love how, like, much there is to the story. There's so much, like, to just uncover. Because when I first started watching it, I'm like, okay, it's a basic, like, like angels are attacking. Or, like, you know, an alien race is attacking. And But no, there's so much more to it. And you find out so many twists and secrets throughout the entire thing. Neon Genesis Evangelionian. Because it's yeah. got layers. It's oh so God. many layers. Get it's like a here. giant ogre. Sorry. <laughs> 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 It was too easy. Uh, but yeah, it is really yeah. good. And Misato is... I remember... The best. I have seen... Pen Pen is the best. Pen Pen's Pen, Pen cool. is the best. <laughs> I have, I have a little seen, Pen Pen at my desk. I have seen... Oh, that's uh, great. Scantily clad photo, um, like posters of... Of, of no, Pen Pen? Of, no. <laughs> For God's sake, man. He's got little flippers, okay? There's nothing risque about flippers. Misato, Misato, blood type A, uh, genotype, blood type A, genotype AO. Her her dimensions are just kidding, but they're re- but that conversation is relevant because I've seen scantily clad photos of Misato in more than one izakaya in Japan, I, just randomly. Like it's not a, it's not an it's not an Ava cafe or an anime cafe. It's a place where businessmen go after work to like drink beer and eat like finger foods. And there's like randomly, there's like these sexy pictures of like Misato just chilling. Evangelion, you can find it anywhere in Japan. You could even, you could like play a game with yourself and see how many times you can find it. It's interesting, but, but Misato is really hot. So. I mean, it fits that she's at an izakaya with how much she drinks. Well, so. yeah, that makes yeah, sense. yeah, it's good theming. She likes abisu, I think. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right. I have nothing further to add about Evangelion. It's really good. People should go watch it. Um, the ending is confusing, but um, there's can, certainly... Can I just go I off on the ending really quick? Yeah, okay. I wasn't really confused by it. Okay. I love the original ending. Like, I get why people don't <laughs> like Maybe it. Maybe we should add up a slight spoiler warning. Uh, moderate spoilers. Uh, give a me, moderate give me. I'll see if I can get this in one minute. Uh so I get why people don't like it. Like we shift from this grand conclusion, this climax of Seal and their XXX redacted for spoilers project where all this stuff happens with human souls and this angel attacks and this huge big climactic battle is occurring and all of a sudden, bam, smash cut for a couple episodes where all we get is an internal look into one of the characters, the characters. that people find the most like contempt towards, which is Shinji. 
and Shinji's battle to physically fight with the robot is only a fight on the surface. And the real fight is the depression within him and all that not fun stuff. So people, I think, don't like the ending because they want to know, like, what happened to all the big stuff that was going on? What happened to all that? Like, that was the big epic stuff we were working towards this whole time. But you don't need to know the answer to that. That's less important to the message of the show. Saving the world comes second to the characters saving themselves from their condition and the struggles between themselves. Like, for a show that's so convoluted at times, with the density of the concepts, which touches on philosophy, religion, psychology, like, it was all, all I wanted to do was, at the very end, make its final message clear. So all of that stuff gets reeled back. All the big, complex, climactic stuff, that gets all wrapped up and put away to the side because what it's building towards is this character struggle. It's like a stage production where the backdrop fades to black and we get a single light shining down for our ending soliloquy and it's performed just for the audience. And our response as the curtains close is to stand up and applause and give the characters and their portrayal throughout this legendary show a hearty congratulations. Like that's what what it's about. about the ending. And who cares? Nobody cares. Mo- a lot of people alarm. care. Especially that car A lot alarm. of people did care. A lot of people <laughs> care. But we don't care. If you I want care. to care, go watch the movies. It's all there. But that's not what the show is about. It's about telling that message. And it knew that if it wanted to tell it as clear as possible, it needed to kind of put all that other stuff off to the side. So I can yes. get why people don't like it. Yeah. I think for me, and this is, I'm going to have to put up a tiny spoiler warning. If you haven't seen it, this probably won't make any sense to you. But uh, I think how I interpreted the ending was the last of the angels has been killed. So I assumed that the, I won't explain it, but the instrumentality pro- like project triggered. And so as a result, all of their souls are, you know, coalescing and healing Shinji's depression. But... In the end, he actually rejects it and wants to become his own person. That's how I interpreted the entire like last two episodes. Like the main conflict is over, so now the only thing to for us to explore is Shinji and all of like his internal issues. So I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was very interesting, but I understand that when they made a an actual ending to it, like to actually explain what happened, that it sat, sat a little bit well. More like better with people. I don't know. Am I wrong? Did I interpret it wrong? No, I don't know. It's contentious for a reason, but it's good. It's good. You're not wrong because there is no quote unquote right answer. It's it's left for the audience to dream and make up their. This is a very participatory show, and as such, it takes that little bit of effort. But it doesn't reward you with a clear answer. So all right, well, I, I hate to cut us, I hate to cut us off, good. but we need to move on to other things. Very but, bottom uh, line, we enjoyed it. So you yeah, watch, watch it. it. <laughs> Shit, burger, be damned. <laughs> Get us out of here, someone, quick! I got this. So our trivia question, which we will answer after the break, is according to Mao, what is the most watched series in the summer 2019? Not the most highly rated, but the most watched. We'll answer it after the break. Is that also Vinland Saga? I mean, it should be. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) 
Hey Anime Addicts, Mitsuki's back and it's time to give you another round of your anime news. Leading us off this time, it looks like a new study has proven that couples who play video games together end up staying together more than other types of couples. One in three people between the ages of 18 and 24 have accredited gaming as a positive impact of their relationship. And the top three games mentioned in the study, of which was over 1,000 people, were Mario Kart, Call of Duty, and Skyrim. So according to Ryan Earle, a senior associate therapist at the, at the Chicago Center for Relationship Counseling, said that video games can help people work together for a common goal, share challenges, compete, joint problem solve, etc. So for those of you that are in a relationship and like to play games with, with your significant other, you are doing something great for yourselves, so stick with it. Next up, 43-year-old Pokemon Go player is arrested after he beats the crap out of another player in, 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 in real life over an in-game gym battle. Looks like according to police, 44-year-old man's face was beaten and his nose broken around midnight on May 22nd on a street in, in Toyota Shimin Bunka Kai Kan venue, which is, in, which is a gym in Pokemon Go. Two men encountered each other outside that gym and kind of got into it from there. And the, the victim reported the attack to police who were able to track down the alleged assailant from his account info, people literally having real life fights over in-game battles from Pokemon. Next up, well, looks like Fairy Tail is gonna be coming to an end pretty soon with its 328th episode. And there was a pretty large gathering of all the voice talent that's been used in Fairy Tail for that, for that episode, which looks like the voice work for episode 328 has been completed with over 60 people doing voices in the episode, so many that they couldn't even fit them all in the recording booth at the same time. They're on episode 319 in Japan, and it looks like the anime will be wrapping up in just a few months when it, when it hits episode 328. And lastly, we have some book walker sales info for the first half of 2019. The top 10 manga that had sales were Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, Is Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, The Saga of Tanya the Evil, Classroom of the Elite, The, Quint the Quintessential Quintuplets, Isekai Meiku de Harem Wool, The Rising of the Shield Hero, but it looks like the top selling manga for the first half of 2019 is that time I got reincarnated as a slime. So for those of you that are big manga readers, those are the top hottest manga from the first half of 2019 according to Bookwalker. So you can go out there and check out any of those that you haven't read. This is Mitsugi and this was your anime news break. Now, time to get back to the podcast. Hey guys, please go to a... Uh... Okay, one more time. Visit jlist.net for, oh man, that's not right. I gotta get this hosting down. If only Mitsuki Senpai was here to help. You called, my dear Kohai. S senpai? Wait, you can teleport? But of course. Now, do you wish to learn the ways of directing people to countless anime goods? Yeah, uh, teach me the ways of letting everyone know about the amazing snack selection jlist.com has to offer. Then listen closely, my Kohai. Go to jlist.com right now for all of your anime shopping needs and all of your anime snack shopping needs. S-senpai. Sukoi. Hi, this is Tiffany Grant. Remember me? Asuka, Asuka Langley Soryu. Anyway, I'm a total anime addict, and if you're not listening to Anime Addicts Anonymous, what are you, stupid? Chiaki on Tokyo Nightclubs. 
So then I'm in this club and here's the way it works with like the foreign guys in the clubs. They're like, I'm just kind of moving my shoulders, walking over to you. There's my penis. <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh, it's okay. It's just my penis. Well, I decided I'm gonna dance with a Japanese guy because I'm like, I'm in Japan. I'm in a club in Tokyo. I'm gonna dance with a Japanese guy. And Japanese guys are the best people to dance with at clubs because they keep all the creepers away from you because you're dancing with someone. Oh. But like, one of the big thresholds we got to when we were dancing together was he held my hand. Guys, when dancing with Chiaki, you might want to keep it in your pants. Back to the show. All right, welcome back to the podcast, episode 482. We had an intro trivia question, and uh, we'll find out if it's Vinland Saga yet again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, before we went on break, we asked the question, according to Mao, what is the most watched series from the 2019 season? And the answer is Dr. Stone. Oh. It's being followed by Danmachi uh, Season 2 and Fire Force. Wow. Villain Saga, not even in the top three. How are you Villain feeling about that, Mandy? I mean, it is an Amazon show, so I'm not surprised. Well, uh, you know. That was a, a topical ad break with uh, Tiffany Grant saying yeah. she was the voice of Asuka. Yep. Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> you know, I wonder about the Amazon thing, but... Here's a, here's something I just want to I just want to say this. How many people have Crunchyroll? A lot. Yeah, like not 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 really. I think it's I think it's definitely less than ten million. I don't know. Let me look it up. Do it. Do it. <laughs> How many subscribers does Crunch? I don't know if they've actually ever released this news <laughs> or this information. Well, I'd be really curious to to know how much, how many. Uh... Forty-two million. Am Crunchyroll has forty-two million subscribers. This is what it says. That seems Users, like... at least. I don't know how many of those that's, are actual. Oh, uh, that's not. That's different. Subscribers. I don't know. I don't know. My point is that like an awful lot of people have Amazon Prime. That's just what Wiki tells me. <laughs> I, I can guarantee you, but probably by a multitude of ten at least, and more more people have Amazon Prime than have Crunchyroll. So. But um, that's you know neither here nor there. Um, oh, it says two million paying. Okay, there you go. Forty-five million users, two million are paying. Got it. All right, so we have a five-star review. So let's get to that. It's time for iTunes review. If you want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we would really appreciate that. You can help us uh, make sure that people can continue to find our podcast on iTunes and make us look really good with having great reviews. And um, but but don't but don't but don't forget to tell your one friend about the podcast. That's even more important. So tell this, one of your friends at least, not your one friend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As if our <laughs> listeners only have one friend. So this various writes the goat, which is the greatest of all time. In case you didn't know. Everything you could ever want in an anime podcast, and then some. More cooking with Kazuo, please. The hosts know their stuff and have great chemistry. Truly a joy to listen to. Hashtag Mandy Best Girl. Hashtag Mandy, oh. Mandy Club is lit. Manga Club is lit. <laughs> manga Club is lit. Mandy Club is lit. <laughs> but Manga Club is lit. This, this is true. All Thank right. you. Known. Thank you so much. Now you got one more big thing to do on this podcast today, and we have to do our summer impressions, so let's get right to it. 
Today, we're going to be doing impressions. Impression time, believe it. And I'm going to- I only have one, I'm sad. Well, you can't always have a bunch. It run out. Uh. <laughs> so I am going to start us off with, with, the, with the dumbbell show. Dumbbell non kiro moteru. Or how, or how heavy are the, are the dumbbells that you lift? So it's a very fun show. Um, well, I should say. It's done by Studio Dogakobo. And it's, it's done by director Mitsue Yamazaki, who I, I didn't recognize the director's name, honestly. Uh, he did, but, but he directed uh, Gekon Shoujin, Ozaki-kun, Hakenden, and has done a couple other things as well, but uh, including Tadakun, Never Falls in Love. So those are some pretty good titles by him. Dumbbell is a show that it's very gravitating. I would say like the coloration of the show is very bright and cheerful. And the style of the show almost reminds me of Cells at Work a little for, for some reason, just the way it's presented. And I don't know why I got that feeling, but like the show does this thing where she, this, the main character, the girl, her name's Hibiki, and she's like, you know, eating hot dogs or whatever the hell, ice cream pops. And they're like, they'll have like a little dash, it'll come off the food, and it'll tell you how many calories is in this, how many calories is in this. And it's just like this really fun sort of presentation of food and working out uh, in the context of the anime. Um, but the story sur- surrounds this girl named Hibiki, who's the, who's the blonde girl in the show. If uh, there's like the, there's, at least early on in the show, there's the blonde girl and there's the black girl and the and then the black haired girl and you have Hibiki and then the black haired girl is is, is is Akemi, and Hibiki's been eating too much and so like they're they're they keep saying oh well, um, takoyaki it's got forty calories and an ice cream pop that's hundred and fifty calories and they keep highlighting it. One day Hibiki gets on the scale and she's like holy shit, I think her I think she weighed like fifty five kilos or something which is yeah it says it right here fifty five kilos on the on her bio. Um, and 55 kilos is 122 pounds, I believe. And 121, I think. And, um, she's like freaks out about it and she's, you know, cause she's so heavy or whatever. And so she's going to go to the gym. She decides she's going to go to the gym. And so she joins the most like broiest gym you've ever seen. complete with a statue of a man with like a giant globe, like on his shoulders or whatever, outside of the gym. Classic um, Atlas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at the gym, she meets her. She meets. She runs into a classmate named Akemi, who's the who's the black-haired girl, um, and in the show, probably the best girl, let's say. And she it has like a muscle fetish. So whereas Hibiki gets into the gym and she's immediately kind of questioning whether or not she wants to join the gym or not. Meanwhile, Akemi, and this is an etchy show, by the way. Akemi is like. I, she's she's close to completion just by looking at the people guys in the gym and i know that because she says it in the show um <laughs> she says it literally and she has this muscle fetish the show is not to be taken all that seriously i would say complete with them with, with like their trainer guy whose name is what the hell's his name machio his name has machio. His, his, name, his name has macho in it and he, aka mason and when he <laughs> and when he like flexes he can like rip all his clothes off and he He's comically muscular. I mean, he makes JoJo, any of the JoJo, he makes Jonathan. <laughs> he has such a tiny little head on this massive body. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He makes Jonathan Joestar look little. I mean, he's yeah. for, he's he's impossibly huge. Um, and you know, so th- there's a lot of there's a lot of like fun stuff in the show, complete with him, you know, 
in, in slam dunk, they'll cut away from the from the basement of basketball game to go to so and so's like basketball rules, where they're teaching you about basketball. Well, in this, it's like Machio teaches you training or whatever, and then he'll show you like the form for how to do bench press or whatever. Meanwhile, Akemi is always the subject of the of the instructional videos, and she's always dressed in like the sexiest workout clothes that they can find, and she's always looking hot <laughs> in these videos, and she is hot. Um, however. The show is very fun. I can say that most people uh, will get something out of it just because it's just like a good time to be had. However, the show is not to be taken seriously with its workout advice or its accuracy regarding many things in the show because there are a ton of things they say in this anime that are absolutely inaccurate. Um, I say that just from a person who works out a lot. And I'm not surprised because having lived in Japan, I know the struggle. It took me forever to find a gym that was more than like a rickety, rickety, like just the most, the oldest, most outdated looking workout machines you've ever seen. Like stuff you would find at a garage sale from like 20 years ago. That is what most gyms in Japan look like. And it wasn't until I um, specifically was looking in like the more rural areas around my house that I finally found a weightlifting gym. People in Japan generally do not weight lift. Pregnant. Yeah, I remember when I was walking around, I was looking for places to just like go during, I don't know, during vacation. It's impossible to find. So like some of the things that stuck out to me were like, they're like, they taught BCAAs in the anime and BCAAs were like largely debunked last year through like a couple of scientific articles that said that they don't do much. Um, some of the form, especially the squatting form in the anime was horrendous. Like she would have straight up fallen backwards and killed herself if she, if you, if she had been doing squats like that, because her form was so met, was so jacked up. Um, some of the, some of the depiction of like, of your of like principles surrounding diet and things like that are not all that accurate and just just generally like it's i think it's better if rather than just rather than watching dumbbell and taking its advice and like trying to literally digest the contents of the show uh, you're better off like watching youtube videos or finding a personal trainer that's just my i just want to throw that out there but like that doesn't mean the show is not enjoyable because it's a lot of fun and i think that this show could inspire a lot of people as through the health club on the discord, which I recommend everybody join could be like, Oh my God, like this show's so much fun and they're weightlifting. I'm going to go weightlift too. And the show's fun. You know, like I think that a lot of people could be inspired by the show to go do something that they've always wanted to do, but couldn't quite find the motivation to do it. Just do not watch this, the squatting form of Hibiki in the anime and go do squats like that because you are going to straight up kill yourself. So just, yeah. I wonder how much of that was just, the animation of the show being so janky that they couldn't animate good form. But I, uh, I uh, hard agree yeah. that out of all the exercises that they do show and instruct, uh, visually the squat is the most abhorrent. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a YouTuber called, um, actually I see, thankfully put up his name cause I was trying to find his name. Jack's blade. Jack's blade on YouTube, who is a professional trainer and he goes through each episode of the anime and he loves the manga. And he actually said during the squat one that I think it was more the issue with the animation. Cause the manga does a much better job of showing it and describing it could be to do. I mean, I just don't want people to watch yeah. the animation of her squatting and go try to do that. Cause yeah, don't, don't do it one for one. I don't even think you could do it. I think it's impossible. I think you would, unless you're on a Smith machine, I think then, then I think you could do it like, like she had done it, but she wasn't using a Smith machine. Anyway, show's really fun. 
most people are going are gonna to enjoy it, at least for its like silly fun factor. It is etchy. There's definitely some stuff going on in the show. There's no nudity or anything. But it's, it's really fun. Don't take it too seriously. Most people will enjoy Dumbbell. I'm going to give Dumbbell a pass, and we'll, we'll, see, we'll see where it goes. Ooh, that's a bingo. And yeah. The girl, and the girls, like, <laughs> the girls are, mad, are mad hot. Like, they just are. On a guy muscle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a quality OP. I'm a big fan of I it. I agree. I love the OP so yeah. much. It's and, so much fun. Uh, we haven't yet met Best Girl, so... Uh, no, best girls I came eat. But you haven't met them all yet. I don't but need to. When you know, <laughs> when you know, you know, Mason. <laughs> anyway, what's who's up next? Uh, Mason should do one. I will I only go. Have one. Let's do. Uh, let's do Nakanohito Genome. So this is done by Silverlink, and the last time I talked about Silverlink was Kenja Tomaho, which uh, was easily one of the worst shows i've seen in a while and i picked this because this time they had shinonuma directing it who is a wild card director and that a lot of his stuff is pretty good a lot of it is a little bit lacking so i was very interested to see where this would go because all i knew about it going into it was that it was about uh, a collection of like let's players like professional twitch gamers who all get transported oh or this moved. this one yeah. yeah i've heard some twitch play twitch people talking about it oh well then i would like to hear what you've heard them say oh but. no i haven't seen the show yet yeah, i've just seen them commenting like as a twitch streamer i feel like i need to watch this gotcha gotcha <laughs> um, i don't know if, uh, how quality it is gotcha though. well it's interesting so essentially we're quickly thrown into this like full cast of like various oddball characters and they the games that they specialize in, you know, come out in their personalities through the kind of games they play. So essentially, you have the guy who's good at like escape games, there's fighting games, speed running, nurturing games, puzzle games, horror games, stealth games, dating sims, all that kind of stuff. And the premise of this story is that all these people are together and they must overcome these various challenges in this world and this world itself is being filmed and live streamed and the goal is that they just need to continually pass these challenges until the view count of their stream reaches i think it's 100 million views Mm. so it's really just an excuse for a bunch of these weird characters to have all these crazy situations put together Uh, the main character is a little plucky but uh he seems pretty earnest and that's what makes him a popular streamer so i'm okay with like his overly positive attitude for now um let's see there's giant pandas there's uh, a llama leader a llama face leader called pakistan which we talked about hell yes yeah it's pretty great uh it's (laughs) very already talked about (laughs) b-stars i know uh the alpaca (laughs) seems to be like similar to gintama's elizabeth which is to say like a person who might be wearing like an alpaca outfit Mm. Um, it looks like there might be more animal-infused characters that come up later. Um, it's just a, a strange show. Like, the art seems really interesting at moments. They use this weird, like, cross-hatching pattern applied at times. There's a lot of, like, palette-swapped moments when, like, characters are, like, going through internal realization or thought. And even though the designs aren't great, because, like, the characters appear, like, very flat, like, almost cutouts of their environment sometimes... Uh, the directing is like quirky and is interesting, and it's 
I'm not sure like how really to digest this show. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, but it is it is easily one of the most anime-esque shows that I have seen in a while. Like it just feels like a show that could only exist in this media in this current day and age. Hmm. And it's a breath of fresh air, honestly, and it's like offbeat humor, mix of art styles, and like a little bit of edginess and like kawaii-ness all at once. Like it references gaming culture without being too pandering. Um, and it really commits to what it is. Like it knows it's goofy and off the wall and zany. And the sound design really helps with that. And the show is a matter of extremes. Like it goes all in on the premise and it's going to lose a lot of people doing so. But while it does that, it's going to become a favorite for a lot of people whose checkboxes it hits. So it's, like, not as deep, complex, or, like, aesthetically challenging, but it does remind me of uh, Cuchu Barranco, or Trapeze, and kind of its oh, commitment okay. to, like... Now you its, got my attention. It does its own, <laughs> it does its own thing, <laughs> and a lot of people are going to kind of be put off by it, but a select few, I think, would really enjoy it. I might so, look into it. I mean, overall, I enjoyed my time spent with this show. Like, it's got the potential to be a fun watch... Um, episode three was like a drop in plot quality with some of like the rote, the most rote like plot beats I've seen in a while. So I'm a little more hesitant in where I was coming off of episode two. Um, it's just, it's not for a lot of people, but I find it to scratch an odd itch. So I think at the end of the day, like while I recommend checking it out for how off kilter things are especially if you like that sort of thing, I don't think that there's enough here for a lot of people to be interested. So, like, I'm going to keep on watching it, and if this show really steps up as the season progresses, like, don't be surprised if I mention it in the future, but for the vast majority of people, I don't think they will like it, and so for that reason, I'm going to fail it. in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. So this that. is an isekai. Is, is that what you said? Uh, it is, sort of. Like they're in is a, it a death game? Yeah, sort of. Okay. Like I, It's just, it's, I don't know, I was waffling back and forth on this thing. And it's, there's so <laughs> many things really well and so many things not well. That, okay. like, it takes these tropes, but isn't quite the same. I don't know. It's... I'll look into it. Yeah. I would say it's pretty quickly apparent what this show is going for. So, if you just watch an episode, you'll pretty instantly get, like, yes, this is for me, or what was that? I do not want to see it again. Cool. I'll try it out. Thank you. Uh-oh. Uh oh, I guess I'll go next. You know what time it is? One. This next one's definitely Whoa. gonna fail. <laughs> it's Viking time. Blowing it, blowing What? What was that? Blowing and flooring. Is that okay? <laughs> I feel like I learned so much. <laughs> All right, so, hit us. Right, villain saga. Watch it. <laughs> but uh no, Vinland Saga is a my favorite manga series. Um 
and finally got an anime adaptation and they released all three episodes like a few weeks ago. I think it was like three or four weeks ago. <laughs> Just been like, hey, here's three episodes. Enjoy. And I was like, okay, thanks. I will. But um, it is being adapted by Wit Studio, being directed by Shuhei Yabuta, who also directed Inuyashiki and Parasite. So already, you know, there's a lot of CG in this, but um the story is set in, like, the 11th century and it's based on two Icelandic texts. The original sagas, which were the Saga of Greenlanders and the Saga of Eric the Red, and it's about the Viking discovery and exploration of North America. And uh, Vinland Saga kind of combines the two, but also focuses a lot about the Viking invasion on England of England. And if you've ever read Viking legends, they do often catalog like historical events but the characters are usually larger than life which you'll definitely see in Finland saga there's some very strong people and you're like could a person actually do that <laughs> you'll see bjorn that. and thorn um, very strong yes yes bjorn and thorn was very strong <laughs> and thor's and thornfin yeah but um almost everyone in this series is a historical character and so i recommend not looking up any anything on them because this I mean the story isn't exactly historically accurate in any way but some major events do come up in this anime and reading up on them could possibly spoil you so I highly suggest not looking up anything on Thorfinn, Knut, Leif or Gudrid because then you're going to know basically what happens Oh I love but, Leif um, the story uh, follows young Thorfinn. His family is living in secluded away from the Viking settlements and because his father, Thors, faked his death during their last Viking raid and ran from his, that lifestyle and decided he, want, he didn't want anything else to do with it. So we learned that his father hates the Viking obsession with like war, death, and slavery, and he's trying to instill those morals into his children. But one day, um, they discover a slave that was buried in snow outside of their house, and he's basically almost dead but the uh, slave's owner shows up on thor's doorstep and demands that he be returned to him but thor's hates his way of life and offers to buy the slave from him for like a group of healthy for like a group of healthy sheep eight and he gave eight <laughs> healthy sheep eight, eight sheep yeah all, all. yeah he gave away very important resources to buy this slave which who was pretty much already almost dead just so they wouldn't be tortured in like his last moments so we get the idea of exactly Thor's stance on this. It's very strong. But um, just before the slave dies, Thor's tells him that there's this magical world to them, this magical world, where people can go to escape war and slavery, and it's called Vinland. And Thor's tries to console the man, like, during his last moments by saying, you should go there. And it's a very important scene because Thorfinn witnessing this will be a very strong image in the back of his mind for the rest of the series. But um, then the Young's Vikings show up on Thor's island and basically tell him that uh, they knew he was hiding there and they demand that he go to war in England or else the rest of his little village is going to be destroyed. So we also get to see a little bit of Askeladd and as he um, is given a very important task concerning Thor's and during the journey to England, Thorfinn, who's hiding inside of a barrel, um, Surprise. Within, like in the boat... Uh, this basically starts his adventure into this foreign land. And uh, I really love how it's animated, uh, how they animated certain scenes. The scene where Thorfinn imagines himself in this war as like a child while he's just playing with friends is really cute. I love that one. Um, I also love the scene where he's taking care of animals and falls into like the mug and his little pouty face. Uh, scenes like that, I think they did a very fantastic job of bringing the manga to life because everyone in the village feels like 
just real people living their lives. It's very, like, populated with so much details. And um, I think it... I think it looks fantastic outside of maybe just a couple of CG moments that were a little jarring. But overall, I think they're doing a really well job, a really good job of um, animating it. But um, the other thing I was only really concerned about is they decide like where they decided to start the show because it's not the same as the manga. The manga starts off in the like battle and where Thorfinn is a teenager, and we, then we go back in time and see how he got to that moment. And I mean, I don't think they did anything wrong with this one, but I feel like I liked where it started in the manga more so because it gets you invested straight from the first chapter with this very epic battle and then the questions pop up like oh how did Thorfinn get here and then you go back in time but I think overall they kind of did as sort of like an OVA <laughs> sort of thing we're like okay the first three episodes are this little chapter now we can move on but overall that doesn't really matter because it's fantastic and you should watch it and I'm passing it because I love it <laughs> And I and I watched the first three episodes last night and really enjoyed it as well. I was kind of annoyed that I, th- I thought that four episodes were out, and when I found out that they were it's only... out today, it starts today. Yo, we need to get out, out of oh, here. Oh shit! I got shit to do. Yeah, especially because okay. these first three definitely are a very slow burn that feel like an intro, and that after these three, we're on the precipice of things actually starting to go down. Yeah. Never trade. So. Never trade eight sheep for a man who's already getting ready to die. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> but Thor's a man. Thor's is a beast. <laughs> he is, he's a beast, but now his family's starving. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah! Can you feel that, buddy? Huh? 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 All right. Very excited. <laughs> Damn, I really fucking love Villain Saga, apparently. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do an anime here called Yubisaki Kara no Honki no Netsujo Osana na Jimi wa Shoboshi. Sexy firefighters. Basically, naked firemen. How? 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 Why did this anime get on the friggin' Annie chart on on a friggin' (laughs) my anime list? We told you it was a hentai. (laughs) I was gonna say your hentai didn't even come out. You could just review this. Yeah. (laughs) How did this get on the chart of the summer anime? They don't put hentai on those charts, usually. Somebody screwed up. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was uh, dressing up as a sexy firefighter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this is done by Studio Hokiboshi, which, I don't know. It's the only thing they've ever done. I just looked on their name. They've done nothing. Um, This, it's it's like a three-minute episodes. Uh, I, I I thought that this was going to be, like, very etchy and, ooh, sexy firefighters. This is straight hentai. It is. Um, I was like, wow, it really is hentai. So, like, the main guy, he's super hot, and, you know, he's got, like, 17 abs, even though you're only supposed to have, like, six or eight or whatever. 17 abs? Yeah, yeah, he's 17 of them. And, <laughs> and, um... Did yeah. you count? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, okay. you have ample opportunity. And so, <laughs> he saves this girl who's so hot. She's, oh... Just unbelievable. She's. I need to take a minute. Fanny. Oh, okay. okay. She's, she's really hot. Okay, and he saves her from a fire, and her Awkward. whole place burns up. And that's why she's hot. Well, I mean, the, she, her hotness started the fire. 
you know you know you know how easily like tissue paper burns if you let a match to it like a tissue go up like nothing right she, she had like tissues around her and like she, her she caught the tissues on fire okay she is the reason why the house burned down so and the firefighter rescues her and he, he's like oh you can come back to my place because you don't have a place anymore big mistake when the when the when the when the mad sexy firefighter guy says you want to come back to my place you don't have a place to sleep and she's like Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, you know, maybe say no because you are going to end up in a compromising situation where this guy, who's clearly done it before, takes you back to his place, and in a very smooth round of of events, well, sex happens. Basically, I'm not going to like get into it because it's not really a hentai episode, but like sex happens. Okay, yeah, things happen, and they show it, and so yeah. And then the second episode, you know, who cares? The second episode, stuff happens, and then sex happens again. It's a nothing anime. I did watch the first episode. It is nothing. There's nothing here <laughs> to talk about. It's just straight porn. Are they full-length episodes? or No, they're no. three minutes. They're three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so not much, <laughs> not much has they to happen give before the sex happens. They don't to watch it as a hentai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. You wouldn't even... Unless you have it on repeat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I can't pass it. You know what? Screw it. I'm passing it. Yeah. You better not. You better not. <laughs> no, don't I'm not, pass this shit. I'm not going to pass it. It's silly. <laughs> you, got, you can't. You, I, I can't even do an impression. There's no story. There's nothing to talk about. There's just, nothing to it. It's just, just a says. hot guy and a, an even hotter girl. Oh. I, oh, it's just silliness. And then, like, this is just sex happens. So, um, I have to fail it. I'm sad about it. You know, I thought there was going to be more to it. I thought it was going to be a real show with like a real episode length where like people will be talking about all these hot firefighters, but nope, nothing. Did they live happily ever after? Of course, Elizabeth. What a pile of shit. There you go. I think someone was very sad that we thought we were passing it. And then we didn't pass it. <laughs> Why? How can I pass that? How, how could I? There would be nothing to discuss unless it was a hentai episode. <laughs> even even still, because the, even the sex scenes in that are like 30 yeah. seconds. I mean, yeah. there's nothing to even talk about. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. You know it's a problem when the impression is longer than the damn anime. Okay. <laughs> right? In terms of minutes. All right. So next up is the last show for today, and it is Nakanohito Genome. Nope, that's the no, one, no, no. first one I did. I uh, put bad. that one in the middle. Oh, Kanata no Astra, or Astra Lost in Space. Mm, okay. So another one by a studio that I'm kind of iffy on, Studio Lurche, um, based on a popular manga. And I picked it because I like space stuff. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. So, hmm. so the uh, the gist of this series is that um, it's a group of... Let's see, where the heck are my notes? It's about a group of students who are on a, I guess you could call it a school field trip of a sort. Essentially, they, I guess it's a rite of passage of adulthood or something where this high school gets nine group members and they send them out into space for a little jaunt into the atmosphere. This is a pretty common occurrence. And essentially, it's supposed to be just a very light and easy camping trip. And things go awry when they are on this planet in this mysterious, like, 
ball of energy, a warp small, like three quadrillion miles away off into the abyss. And they, you know, it's essentially a survival story where they find this old spaceship and they figure out, you know, they have to get back home with the limited resources and all they have is like their individual skills and all that stuff. So it's essentially, it's a survival space story, which is a pretty good thing in concept. And I was, I had high hopes for this, but, um, essentially let's see, let's see. So the, the main girl, the main voice actress, um, is this person called Aries, who is a super bubbly, uh, positive ball of energy, I guess very similar to the, uh, show I reviewed earlier today, and, you know, let's see, sorry, I'm having to mute and unmute myself because of this car going off in the Oh, background. no, <laughs> you're the anyway, Enzo's day. You're yeah. the new Enzo. Um, exactly. <laughs> it's this one car, too, like, the person is coming out, turning off the car alarm, and going back inside, and the car goes off again. Anyway. Aww. <laughs> so essentially we meet all the characters all at once. They uh, get warped out into space. The voice acting across the show is great. There's so many good edits and moments like when they're communicating through their headsets and there's malfunctioning and she's just like wailing away in the background and she has a great laugh in episode two. Um, but besides her, besides this great main character, the introduction of every other character is forced and awkward in a way that I wasn't sure if it was trying to be funny or just incompetent. Uh, yeah. The fan service is pretty sad because I can believe that spacesuits are fashionable in this day and age and in this universe. And I like that touch that, you know, oh, you have uh, like this brand spaceship spacesuit. That's really, you know, with the times, you're really fashionable and you have like a lower rank, like budget spacesuit uh the the fan service is still a little too extreme um the titular kanata of the of the show is kind of a gurren Lagann uh kamina as character he wants to be the captain of this crew and he showcases this like classic mix of like skill and buffoonery that's pretty prevalent among like shonen main characters where they're capable but they're always like tripping over themselves at the same time. Uh, but essentially, the show begins with like a double length episode one, which I got to give them props for, because you know it means that your first experience is a full, like, complete, proper story. And it's kind of like how Villain Saga started with three episodes, but those were all like individual things. This is just one longer episode, which I, I like. And they do this interesting thing where they. Uh, use letterboxing essentially they put like black bars uh, on the top and bottom of the screen to make like a cinematic aspect ratio and it sounds like a weird decision but it works because when scenes occur out in space they remove these borders and it makes the space like stretch and seem larger and more expansive than it was before which i thought was a nice touch um but essentially the characters of this show are you know, the crux of what we're supposed to like. And we just haven't seen enough of them yet. Like, do I think that this show could serve to explore the values of, like, self-confidence and perseverance when, like, is very prevalent in survival stories? Sure. But I think, and I think that, like, the themes of teamwork 
and bravery have the potential to be strong. Uh, I mean, the cast is fleshed out with like a lot of people, and we're going to get like the backstories eventually and their motivations eventually. But uh, I guess I'm struggling because we haven't seen much. Like I, I see all this stuff as potentials. We all we know where this is going to go. We know they're how they're going to survive. But at the end of the day, like the overall aesthetic and presentation of the show is very weak. There's no clever ideas or moments that make me say like, oh, neat. This show is using its premise to express anything of interest. Like the directing is spectacularly distracting in how poorly it conveys the atmosphere in almost every scene. (laughs) And like everything just feels so standard and flat, like comedy, action, the suspense, like it has all these elements, but they're all so stiff. And, like, even if the story does improve and all these characters with all this potential do get fleshed out, like, it seems like the production of it isn't going to do it justice. So we've seen, like, three episodes of just not much, except that it's presented poorly. And while I'm like, yes, I could see how this is a popular manga and these characters become endearing and, you know, we learn about different worlds, like... Just everything about how the basics have been presented just make me doubt how good of a show this could even be. So unless you are a big fan of like Sket Dance, because that was done by the previous mangaka, or you really like the concept of Shinobu from Monogatari being tan, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't seen anything that makes me think that the show is going to be anything more than just filler. So I... uh that was kind of a bumbling review, but I think I'm just gonna uh, fail it. Just let it slide. <laughs> yeah. But, but the pink-haired girl is so cute in her spacesuit. She is. She's super bubbly. Like her voice actress did an amazing job. And like, there's a great scene when she's like out in space and she's like trying to communicate, and her radio like breaks down, but you can still kind of hear her just like wailing away within her helmet. And, like, the sound design is really great, but that's just not enough. You so, know, yes, main, gir- main girl is cute, but there's just listen, there's nothing to bite into. Listen, it's okay. I was I was going to play a gentle drop for this fail, but I realized that the main girl character has two different colored eyes, and I hate that. I hate that <laughs> shit. So. Actually, so I didn't notice it at first, because it's not like some anime where it's, like, blatantly obvious, like a bright green and a bright blue or white or, like very obviously different colored eye but here it's like just subtle enough that it's almost almost no well, making it's, not. it's not forgivable dump it baby take that in your multicolored eyes to the bank biatch got him got him it's time for an almighty anime mailbag anime Anime. Anime. Mailbag. Bag, 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 bag. Sorry, I got, I got a little excited. You did. I should say we've passed, <laughs> we've now passed three anime, Vinland Saga, The Dumbbell Show, and Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. We have, a, we have 10 more to go, so lots, lots to do. So, we have a mailbag from... Jake, Jake Set Radio, and I should say that if you want to, if you want to write a mailbag, you can do it on the website aapodcast.com along the top there's a mailbag button you can make all your mailbag dreams come true right on the right, right the mailbag button just j- j- just push our button 
And who wants to read the mailbag? I got it. Jake Set Radio writes, Yo, AAA babies. Oh, hello. (laughs) Are we babies? (laughs) Uh, It's Jake Set Radio. Great podcast. What's your most embarrassing anime that you will never introduce to the opposite sex? Also, let me be a host. I'm an artist. And I've seen a polo to animu. Hook it up. No, look. Just because you're a talented artist doesn't mean you can just be a host here. <laughs> this is high art, okay? We're not this playing games. This is very high art. We're not playing you... games, okay? We're not playing games. This is serious business. <laughs> you think you can watch nine minutes of sexy fireman hentai? Yeah. yeah. You think you can handle that shit? Get out of my house, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, so. I'll... Yeah, we love you. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that probably something that's like etchy or inappropriate is something that I would not show somebody of the opposite sex. Um, just generally, I, I, I would probably be embarrassed actually. And I would add um, like something like Queen's Blade would fit that bill. Just inappropriate. Agent Ica with all its panty shots. Like I just don't think gr- like you know girls aren't gonna. If you I mean if you're I'm speaking to, to a girl perspective because I'm a guy, so. I don't personally think that like a girl is going to want to watch Agent Ica, and I don't think a girl is going to want to watch Super Lovers. So those are out. I I disagree. I think there are a lot of women who love Super Lovers. <laughs> Get out of here with that, okay? I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> Look sure at the how, to, crowd. how to read this question because it seems like what's the most embarrassing anime that you'll never introduce to the opposite sex? But that implies like there's tons of anime yeah. that I would never show to anybody, like. <laughs> I was trying to think about a show that I would show to guys, but not to girls. Like, like a one that you do like and you would recommend, just not to. I don't know. It seemed like an odd question, so I just said Golden Boy because that was the only thing I can think of that was like a good enough show that I would recommend it to people. I just wouldn't want to introduce it to girls. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just watched all Are you of, saying I can't enjoy Golden Boy? <laughs> listen, I just watched all of Golden Boy with my girlfriend, and she liked it quite a lot. It's very funny. And you weren't embarrassed at all? I mean, No, it's friggin' amazing. Golden to Boy be fair, uh, I wouldn't show any anime to any girl. Can you believe that? Ew. Disgusting. Ew. I can't believe women like anime. Ew. <laughs> just kidding, by the way. Well, we never, have, we been, have the quote to prove you. <laughs> I've never been more offended. <laughs> Look, nah, they're all no, trying to I'm get kidding. me in trouble. <laughs> no, but I really have no idea because I guess it highly depends on the person. Like I was like pretty much what we established here right now is that people just it doesn't matter. Every, there's an audience for everything. So yeah. I really don't know. Like a lot of people would assume that guys wouldn't be into shoujo, which is totally not true. There's tons of men who love shoujo series. So I. I don't know because I don't really I would I don't get embarrassed by showing people anything. I used to play Atome games with my boyfriend in the other room. <laughs> I used to make him like help me make choices. I don't know. I'm not the best person to to come up with this. So like I don't the know. worst shows are just shows that are objectively bad for everybody to watch. So, <laughs> so- even then, I'm like let's watch this shit together. So I don't know. <laughs> All right, next mailbag is from Deku. Deku writes, Hey, AAA crew, this isn't exactly anime-related, but Enzo's comment in the harem deathmatch, I'm picking Vex from Critical Role. Fucking fight me, Mandy. Got me thinking. (laughs) 
even though it's even though it's not anime, would you be interested in doing a review on a on the Critical Role animated series when it comes out? Maybe not on the, the normal podcast, but on a Hobby Addicts episode or something. Thanks uh, to the whole crew and keep up the amazing work. Yes, that's all I got. I mean, it's Hobby Addicts. We talk about anything in there. Yeah, Hobby Addicts is pretty much fair game for hobbies. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be fine. Well, exhilarating, I have to say. And I'm even t- and titillating, because we're about to do a hentai <laughs> episode after this. And we're going to find out if the, if the July 2019 hentai are just as depraved as we all thought they were. And then we're going to pick new ones for August, because, you know, we're perverts. So yeah. you can get that on the hentai episodes. Thank you guys for listening so much. We have a great, we did a, I, I enjoyed this episode. It was good, very good conversation on Evangelion. I think most fans of Ava will be satisfied with that, and um, yeah, next week we're next week we're we're going to be continuing our impressions of the summer season. Hopefully, we'll have Enzo back, and hopefully, he'll have internet in his new apartment now. And um, anybody want to plug anything before I play us out here? And thank everybody for listening. Come to Manga Club. We'll be talking yeah. about Battle Angel Eden. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come to Anime Club this Wednesday. Anime Club is this week. Yeah. Uh, join the Discord. Be our friend, please. Please be my friend. Please, <laughs> please. be my friend. I need friends. Oh, Help. <laughs> please be my friend so much. I'm so lonely. <laughs> so that I stop talking to my cat all the time. That's right. <laughs> Go read B Stars. That looks hella cool. Yeah. All right. That's it. See you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye 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 bye